And all I wanted to do was get back to the house that I was staying at and and get some rest, get get back to bed and and find some uh, re- uh, some rest from my exhausting day. My day had started that morning at about four o'clock uh, a.m. when the alarm first sounded, and and I jumped out of bed, got my clothes on, got ready to to, to leave, and headed to the airport. My flight left about six o'clock in the morning, and jumped on my flight, flew into El Paso. I got got there about mid morning, where I was picked up by Rafael Rafael Berciaga Sr. And since I had got to El Paso, I hadn't stopped running. Once we once he picked me up and instead of heading immediately over to Napa, we ran some errands in El Paso and uh, did, did some things there. And then we finally crossed over in the border. And once we got out to Napa, we drove around what what must have been a half hour, 45 minutes, just driving around the, the streets of Napa. This was several years ago, and none of them were paved at the time. They were all just sand roads and bumpy and rough and, and hard traveling. And, and but, but each stop, we'd pick up one or two kids, sometimes three, sometimes four, and we drove around all through Napa, and we finally got to the church there to Napa, the, the Napa Church of Christ. We, we must have had 20 kids packed in that van along with Raphael and his wife Rosa and daughter Ivana and myself. And, and so we pulled up the church, all these kids that looked like a, like the clown car at a, at a circus just jumping out of the van. And, and we got there, and then we, we waited. Uh, everyone was supposed to be at the church at four o'clock, and, and there were already people that, that were there waiting for us before we had arrived, but, but, but at four o'clock, there were still people filtering in and slowly coming in, and, and the reality was it was still, it was later at five o'clock before the last family showed up. I was there to take pictures for, for Operation Anapra, uh, one that we did several years ago, and, and so about five o'clock, finally, the last person showed up. We, we snapped a picture of that, that child, and, and everyone laughed except those 20 or so kids that we had picked up, and back in the van they went, and back around in Napa we drove these side streets dropping kids off till, till finally we were headed to the border, only to have an hour and a half wait at the border. So, so, so we waited there, we finally crossed the border, we're heading back to Raphael and Rosa's house, and we couldn't get there any time soon enough for me. Man, I was bone tired. We were about five minutes from their house. I, I'd been there before. I knew where we were in relationship to it. We were about five minutes from their house when Raphael spoke. He said something to his daughter, Yvonne, in Spanish, and I didn't catch, I didn't catch anything except Walmart. I heard Walmart. I, that's, that translates. And, and, uh, after he spoke, uh, Yvonne looked over at me. She was in the backseat. I was riding shotgun. She, she kind of leaned up and looked at me, looked at me and said, my father says we need to stop at Walmart. Uh, Yvonne said that, but she almost was asking, asking for my permission. What, what I wanted to say was, no, you could have gone to Walmart earlier. No, you can go to Walmart tomorrow. No, I am tired. I just want to go to bed. And that's not, that's what I wanted to say, but that's not what I said. So, so I rather unenthusiastically responded, well, whatever you need to do is fine. Yvonne must have picked up on my uh, frustration. I didn't mask it very well because she said, it'll, it'll only take a moment. It'll only be a moment, I promise. I didn't realize it at the time. I, I would a little bit later on. It would become very uh, obvious, painfully obvious to me that I was missing the point. Last week we started uh, this sermon. We're going to finish it today and then We'll, we'll highlight, uh, kind of finish the whole thought and idea next week, but, but finish the sermon today. 
But we started this sermon, which is our theme for the year, but to serve, coming from math or from Mark chapter 10. Uh, last week we looked at a request that had been made by two of Jesus' disciples, James and John. They had asked of Jesus if one could sit at the right hand and one at the left hand of Jesus. And last week we talked about this idea that they were missing the point, but not just them. It really wasn't just those two. Really, all the disciples were missing the point. Jesus had been trying to teach them since the start of his ministry, and, and especially over the last weeks and the last days, Jesus had been trying to teach them some points, make them understand what his kingdom was really about, but they were missing the point. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, turn to Mark chapter 10. We're going to look at verses 35 to 45, and you might want to hold that open. We'll, we'll kind of glance. We're not going to look at and read the, reread some of the text that we did last week, but we'll at least make reference to a couple of them. Mark chapter 10, verses 35 to 45. And if you have the habit of underlining in your Bible, I would encourage you to underline verse 45. That is one of the key verses um, in, in all of the, the, the book of Mark, in all of the Gospels. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. Now remember last week I pointed out that Jesus had already three times, had already three times predicted that he was going to Jerusalem, that he would die, and that three days later he'd be resurrected. What, what do you want me to do for you, he asked, although he already knew what it was. They replied, let one of us sit at your right hand, the other at your left in your glory. You don't know what you're asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism I'm baptized with? We can, they confidently answered. Jesus said to them, you will drink the cup that I drink and you will be baptized with the baptism I'm, I'm baptized with, but to sit at my right or left hand is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. When the ten heard this, heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. I pointed out last week, not indignant because they'd asked the question, indignant because they'd beat them to the punch. They asked the question before they could ask it. They, they became indignant. Jesus called them together and said, you know, that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant. Whoever wants to be first must be a slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. I, I want to review last week's sermon just a little bit for some of you that weren't here, or some of you at home maybe that, that, that didn't uh, watch it last week, or or, or weren't, able, weren't able to say, I want to kind of just kind of go over those quick points. First of all, his disciples were missing the point, and Jesus had pointed out as boldly uh, as he possibly could. Uh, last week, we looked at Mark chapter 10, 13 to 16. If you want to glance at it, you can. I'm not going to take time to read it. But it's the story of when, when some ladies, some mothers brought their children to Jesus for Jesus to touch them, for Jesus to bless them. And, and the disciples were, were rebuking them, telling them to get away and don't bother the Savior. But Jesus, Jesus wasn't distracted by that. Instead, Jesus picked up the kids. The passage says he held them in his arms and, and, and he embraced them and he blessed them. His disciples were, were, were basically saying to these women, don't distract Jesus. He has something more important to do. And we pointed out last week that at the bottom of the social scale, would have been these women and these children, and Jesus had more important people to talk to than them. Let me, let me illustrate it this way. If we could, let's say we could get uh, 
someone famous to come to Troy Christian Church and speak. Let's say, let's say we got Billy Graham to come here and speak. That'd be really good because he's been dead for a while, but, uh, but boy, we would have a crowd. So, so let's leave Billy out of that. But when he was alive, let's say Billy. How about we bring Tim Tebow? Some of you love Tim Tebow. How about Andy Stanley or Francis Chan or, or, or how about a lot of us know who this guy is and like him. So let's say, let's say somehow I was able to pull a coup and I could get Max Lucado to come to Troy Christian Church to speak. If you don't know who he is, Google him. Uh, find one of his books, read him. He's a fantastic author, a great speaker, a wonderful uh, pastor. We got Max Lucado to come to church. And it was pretty obvious when we, the news got out that this church wouldn't be big enough. So, so I talked to Mr. McKernan, and Mr. McKernan said, sure, you can use the high school. Uh, and, and then after a while, we realized, man, the high school is not going to be big enough when we bring Max Lucado to come. So, so we're, we're able to get Civic Arena lined up. And I, so, so we rent Civic, Civic Arena, and, and we are packing that baby out. We have Max Lucado, but we only have him for an hour. He's he's going to fly into Kansas City and then fly right back out uh, to to Louisville to speak at a, at a at a big mega church. But he's given us one hour, so so I get in the church van and I head down to to the airport to pick him up. In fact, I probably would have a van load of people that wanted to go with me. Uh, uh, in fact, just in case I'm able to book him later on, how many would want to ride in the van with me to pick up Max Lucado? Hey, we got several of you. Okay, I saw those hands. Don't hold your breath, but if it happens, you are in the van with me. So we go down, we pick him up, we fly back to St. Joe, we pull up to Civic Arena, and as we're, as we're getting out, we can hear Johnny and the worship band in Civic. We can hear the rocking sound as they're just rocking the, the, the Civic Arena as they're getting people prepared in worship, and man, we are stoked. We got Max Lucado for one hour, and as we head out of the van in the Civic Arena is when I see him over just outside the doors of Civic are the guys from Haven House. See, one of us mentioned, Jim, it would probably be you. Jim mentioned that Max Lucado was coming to the guys at Haven House. And a lot of those guys knew who Max Lucado was. And so standing outside a Civic Arena are the guys from the Haven House and the Judah House. And not just them, they brought also the guys from the cold weather shelter and the guys that stay at the crossing and, and all these homeless people from all the downtown St. Joe are standing outside Civic. There's, there's one guy who's got an old tattered book of Max Lucado's and he hollers at Max, Max, can you sign my book? Can you sign my book? Now, I wonder what I would do. Some of you that decided you want to go with me, what would we do? I'm afraid I might say, guys, we don't have time. Guys, we only have Max for an hour. We, we've got to get inside the Civic. You guys can come along. There should be some seats in the back, maybe up in the balcony somewhere. We don't have time for Max to tell you about Jesus because Max's got to go inside and tell all of us about Jesus and, and how we should live a Christian life. Uh, that's what was happening here. Jesus was on his way to somewhere important. And, and I've got to believe his disciples were thinking, come on, Jesus, we... We have to get to the next event. Come on, Jesus. You've got people to tell about your kingdom. And Jesus was saying, but you don't understand. This is my kingdom. See, they were missing the point. It's about people. It's about people. They were also missing the point. It's about priority. Mark chapter 10, verse 17 to uh, 27. Again, I won't read that, but if you want to kind of review that to get an idea, it's a story that we know or we call the story of the rich young ruler. We point out, Last week, that in verses 24 and 26, it says they were amazed. And 
the Greek word has the idea of amazed there as they were frozen with, with terror. What Jesus said just stopped them in their tracks. You see, they began to think that the kingdom that, uh, of Jesus was going to be a, a, a financial windfall for them. They were, they were going to somehow benefit, but they were missing the point. Church, we have to make sure that we don't miss the point, that we don't follow Jesus for what he can do for us, that we don't follow Jesus so that he'll make our life easier and that he will make our life more blessed. I've heard too many believers question God when things don't work out exactly like they, they, they think they should, exactly like, like they thought they should. Hey, Joel Osteen may preach that God wants us wealthy and he wants to bless every aspect of our life, but Jesus never promised that. Certainly, Jesus never promised that to his disciples. He told James and John, yes, you will be baptized with my baptism and drink the cup I drink. Now, what he was talking about, you will be persecuted. You will be, uh, you will be for, for, for almost all of them, you will be martyred for my sake. In fact, Jesus says in John 16, 33, in the world, you will have trouble. Jesus didn't say, hey, come follow me so that life goes great. Come follow me so everything is easy. No, he says, you'll have trouble. Take heart, I've overcome the world. So church, don't miss the point. Don't miss this point. We need to get our priorities right. We need to be a part of this church. We need to be a follower of Jesus, not for what we can get from it, not for what God can do for us, but for what we can do, for where we can serve, where we can bless, where we can be like Jesus. Our third point was simply this. You'll see in your notes, it's, it's about purpose. Don't miss the point. It's about purpose. Jesus stated his purpose in John 10, verse 45. Let me read that verse again for you. And if you catch nothing else today from the, the sermon, if you take nothing else home today from last week's sermon and this week's sermon, will you take this point home that, that Jesus is talking about his purpose, that it should change us, it should affect us. For he says there in verse 45, even the Son of Man did not come to be served. He didn't come so people would do suffer him. Uh, instead, he came to be served and to give his life as a ransom. So, so don't miss the point Jesus wanted them to catch. Jesus wanted them to understand. Church, we need to understand. Don't miss the point. But don't miss the picture. His point was his purpose, which is our theme, but to serve. Our theme for this year is to, to look at that idea, how can I serve? Jesus had been painting them a picture of what his purpose was. He had, he had been teaching them, not in a the, theoretical way. Jesus, Jesus wasn't holding them in a classroom talking about what his kingdom was going to be like. He, he wasn't, wasn't just teaching a lesson. He was showing them what he was going to do. He didn't, didn't teach a lesson and, and, and then say the, to his disciples, now you get out there and do that. You get out there and live like I'm telling you to live. Instead, he had been showing them a picture. He'd been painting that picture not to be served, but to serve. See, they didn't have to ask the question, Jesus, you know, Peter didn't raise his hand, or James and John didn't raise their hand and say, what are you talking about, Jesus? Can you explain that to us? Because they already knew what Jesus had been doing. They already had had that picture painted for them. Uh, Jesus says to us, don't miss the picture. And this is, this is what he's talking about. This is the picture that he had been painting. First of all, Jesus met, church, don't miss this one. 
It's so easy for us to just kind of look past this one. It's so easy for us to, to, to go on to what we'll see our, is our next two points, and particularly what will be our last point. It's easy for us to just bypass and go to that one. But don't miss this. When Jesus met physical needs, we can't see the ministry of Jesus and separate it from the fact that Jesus met physical needs. Every time, every time he performed a miracle, he was meeting a need. He was seeing people in their pain, in their hurt, in their uncertainty, and he was seeing their physical need. Every time he gave sight to a blind person or hearing to the deaf, every time he he touched a leper and gave them clean skin back, every time he cast out a demon, every time he touched a paralytic and they were able to walk again, every time he breathed life back into someone that was dead, Jesus was meeting a physical need. The times that he fed the 5,000 and a little bit later fed 4,000. He, he did that not just because he wanted to, to show off his power. He saw their need. He saw that they had listened to him all day long. They had hung on every word that he had to say, and they hadn't even eaten. So, so he was moved, Mark says, by compassion. Even when Jesus fed the five and the 4,000, he was meeting a physical need. Church, we have a lot of missions and a lot of ministries. But I don't know how we could look at the life of Jesus. And I don't know how we could see his heart of service and not be moved to have a part of our mission and our ministry to meet physical needs. My home church is a, is a church called Woodlawn Christian Church, a, a fantastic church. Then when I was a kid, um, oh, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago, <laughs> When I was a kid, it was a great church, and it, it is a, a strong, vibrant church to this day. A small town, about 300 people, but the church has always been an important part of our community. Our, our, church, our church was strong. It was, it was solid. It was full of, of saints. When I was growing up, it excelled in biblical teaching. It excelled in its adherence to sound theology. It, it excelled in its commitment to di- discipleship. There were There were countless opportunities for for bible studies for youth groups for 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 fellowship times uh organized studies my my home church was a great church but you know what when i was growing up i don't ever remember my church highlighting or pushing or talking about or holding up in front of the congregation I don't ever remember my home church prioritizing meeting physical needs. Now, now I'm, I'm confident that it did. I mean, I was just a kid. I didn't know what I was doing. I'm sure they talked about it and I didn't see it. I'm sure there were people in the church that were doing it on their own because there were some great people in my home church, just like there is probably in every church that I've been a part of and every church that you've been a part of. So I'm, I'm sure my home church did something, but, but I never remember them saying publicly. I don't ever remember them pushing to us the agenda that we have to get outside the walls of the church and do something. I remember my church making it clear that if the doors were open, I should be there. I remember my church making it very clear that if there was a Bible study, I should show up with my Bible. I remember my church making it very clear if there was a time of fellowship, I better be there with a smile on my face. But I don't ever remember my home church telling me that my real mission 
that my real ministry was outside the walls of the church, not inside. Jesus painted a very clear picture that serving was meeting people's physical needs. So church, in part, where should our mission be? If, if Jesus was about meeting people's physical needs, do, doing something for them, where, where should we be? If that's not evident enough, uh, you're, if you want to flip over there, you can. I'm not going to read, but Matthew chapter 25 tells the, the story. Jesus gives this, this illustration uh, uh, of separating the sheep from the goat. The sheep were the ones that would go to heaven. The goats were the ones that, that weren't going to end up there. And, and, and you remember that story? Remember how Jesus started that story? Yeah, and, and, and he separated the sheep off the side. And you're, he says, says, you're over there because, uh, b- because I, I, I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you, you took care of me. And I was in prison and you visited me. You know, he didn't say in that, that passage, well, well, you had a Bible study and you invited me to it. You, you had a worship service and, and you did it well. You had home groups and you invited me to come to that and you had fellowship times. Now, all those important. Don't miss the point. That's all important stuff. Uh, that, that is things that we have to prioritize in our church. But that's not what Jesus prioritized there. Several, uh, several weeks ago, one Sunday morning, uh, Lori Simpson and uh, Hannah and Bryce Payton weren't at church. Shame on them. They didn't come to church that day. John Mike, I think you were here that Sunday, but they weren't. But you know why they weren't here? Because they were in, uh, in Kansas City. They, they had went that morning along with grandparents, um, or great-grandparents, I guess, uh, depending on how you want to see it. They, they'd went down to Kansas City to Children's Mercy Hospital, and they were serving a meal in the Ronald McDonald House room there in the hospital. Bryce and Hannah had seen firsthand the, the ministry that provided, the, the way that reached out and touched people because, because they'd been there before, and, and so they wanted to pay it back. So, so that Sunday, they weren't in church. Now, I'm not suggesting that you always plan to do service projects on Sunday morning. That might be a little self-defeating. Because we were where we needed to be. The rest of us, this is where we needed to be, and thank God we were. But you know what? They, they were serving. They were where God had called them to be that day. Uh, now, can I get everyone to listen for just a second? Because I, hey, I've said in church before, not preaching, and I, and I know some of you've tuned out already, and I understand that. I, I I would I sometimes tune out when I'm preaching, so you know. So uh, so some of you've tuned out. Some of you are on Facebook. Hey, I'm not stupid. I know you look at Facebook during church, kind of look to see whose face turns red right now. So I know some of you are doing that. You're making out a gross. But would you listen for just a second? So so if you and then you can stop listening as soon as I say this. It's okay if you keep listening, but you can't. So. Can we be like Jesus? Can we have his heart of service and not be meeting people's physical needs? Can we live for his purpose and and live like he wants us to do? Can, can we follow his example? And remember, what we talked about this last week. He said, if you want to be great, you have to be a servant and a slave. And then, then he said, hey, this is what I did. I, I didn't come to be served, but I, I came to serve. So... Can, can we truly be what Jesus wants us to be without carving out some time in our schedules? And I know we're busy. But can we be like Jesus without at least some time saying, 
where is my chance? Where is my opportunity? God, where are you leading me to meet someone's physical need? So, so I, I simply ask, what are you doing? Church, I ask us, what are we doing? Now, I'm a little heavy on this point. The next two points will go a little bit quicker. Jesus met physical needs, but, but don't miss the point. That's not where, where, where he only met needs. Jesus also met relational needs. Now, we, we need to realize it's not just about the church meeting physical needs. Uh, if it were, if it were, then we would be the, the, and these are great organizations. Don't, don't misunderstand me. If it was just about physical needs, then we would be the Lions Club or we'd be the Rotary or, or we'd be the, the Red Cross. All great organizations, but, but we're the church. Jesus didn't just meet physical needs. He also met relational needs. See, Jesus constantly broke down barriers that separated hurting, lost, suffering people from being noticed, from feeling like they had worth. He broke down, he broke down the barrier of meeting sinners where they were. He said to Zacchaeus, who, who they would have thought of as a sinner, Zacchaeus, come down. I'm going to your house today. Jesus was ridiculed constantly because he hung out with with, with other sinners, people that had been disenfranchised from the, the Jewish church that hadn't been to the synagogue in years. But Jesus, Jesus talked to them and listened to them. We, we saw this, that Jesus reached out to women. And, and, and in his day, that was breaking down a barrier. We see it in John a couple of different times. In John 4 and John 8, where Jesus spoke to the woman at the well. And another time he spoke to the woman that was caught in adultery. And he saw them not as as down here, but he saw them as human and spoke to them, breaking that barrier down and building relationships. We see all earlier in John or in Mark chapter ten that that he did that with children, that he did it with tax collectors, that he did it with lepers, and and we see later on in Mark chapter ten. I'm not going to read this, but verses forty six to the end of the chapter, Jesus on his way to Jerusalem goes through Jericho and he sees Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus was a blind man, and no one else noticed him except Jesus. And he called him over and spoke to him. Now, Jesus met needs in all the areas that we're going to talk about today. The physical, the, the relational, and the next one that we're going to look at. Jesus met people outside the church, not in it. All three ways that we see today that Jesus touched people was outside the church. Outside the confines of, of defined religions. That, that's why the religious leaders were so upset with Jesus. He didn't come to them. He, he went to the people that were out, out away from the church. That's who Jesus saw, and that's who Jesus served. Now, now don't, don't miss the point. It's important that we develop relationships. It's important that we meet physical needs inside the church. Uh, Acts 2.42, uh, our, our, our verse for our, our groups that, that meet uh, weekly uh, as fellowship groups and study groups, uh, they devote themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the breaking of bread, to prayers, and to fellowship. Uh, it's important that we do that. That's not, not, not to be missed. But Jesus met needs of people outside the church. Jesus built, built relationships with people who gave him no promise that they would change. He built relationships with people who gave him no promise that they would embrace his teaching and enter the fold. But he saw them and gave them value as individuals. Church, part of our mission needs to be aimed at meeting relational needs 
with people who are outside the walls of this church. And finally, and finally we see, and and, and in no way, I, I won't spend hardly any time on this, but it doesn't mean it's not important. I, I'm not going by, by, by uh, levels of importance here. Jesus met spiritual needs. The, the reality is that Jesus met physical needs and then he met relational needs all because he saw what was really important to meet the spiritual needs. Band, if you want to come forward, you can come. Last summer, our uh, group from here at the church went to, uh, to Juarez, and, and we built a house for a lady named Marta. Marta was a single mom with four, four children that were hellions. They, they were wild kids. Uh, they, they were interesting. Marta was not a Christian, was not a member of a church, and as far as we could ascertain, had no connection, even with the pastor in the church that had filled out an application for her. Uh, pastor um, uh, Estella had filled out an application for her so, so a house could be built. We, we found out later that Marta had been contemplating suicide. Life was tough, and, and she was overwhelmed, and had been uh, had been thinking about suicide, and, and, and Pastor Estelle had found out about this and, and put an application in for her to meet a physical need so that she could then build a relationship with Marta with the hope, with the hope that she could meet her spiritual need. It may or may not happen. I have no idea. I don't know if Marta will ever darken the door of Estella's church. But like Jesus, she met the needs. She met the needs. About a month ago, I was coming home from uh, from Troy. It was about nine o'clock at night, and I was about a about a mile from uh, from home, about a mile and a half, I guess, from home. And driving down 59 Highway, and off in the distance, just after you turn on 116 Highway and head back into Russellville towards my house, there was a a semi sitting uh, parked along the side of the road pulled back, backed in kind of by some railroad tracks that are there. If you know Rusty, you might know what I'm talking about or where I'm talking about it. And, uh, and, and from probably half a mile away, I saw that semi. It's, it was one of these semis that had not just the legal requirement of lights running down the side and the back. This, this thing was stripped with lights on the top and lights on the bottom, all these lights on the back. The cab was lit up like a Christmas tree, and, and it was just parked there. So half a mile away, I noticed that semi and thought man that thing is cool that is really bright and it's sitting there of course i'm thinking what's it doing doing there but but man i noticed it It just stood out i drove by it i i don't know if the guy was had run out of hours so he had to pull off to sleep or if he was going to make a delivery at the elevator at rushville the next morning. i have no idea why he was there but the next morning i left it was about 7 30 i drove by that same place again that same semi was still sitting there and its lights were still on all those lights I'd seen the night before. But but I almost didn't notice them. Why? Well, in the daylight, they weren't very bright. But, but in the darkness, they shone out. Church, we're called by Jesus to meet physical, relational, and spiritual needs outside the walls of this church because our light shines brightly show it in the dark I was and I was dog tired and I was sitting in the van outside Walmart getting more and more frustrated 
And then Yvonne comes walking out of Walmart to the to to, to the van, and she has in her hands a a box. And I could tell what it was immediately. It was a shoe box. She had went into Walmart to buy shoes. I was tired. I'd been up since 4 o'clock in the morning. It was now about 10 o'clock El Paso time, which is 11 o'clock at home. And she went to Walmart to buy shoes. I was about, just about to say something. I wouldn't have said anything, but I was just about wanting to say something. When she stepped in and said, my father wanted me to buy some shoes for Angelica. Angelica was one of the little girls we'd seen at the church that day. I'd taken her picture, but I hadn't noticed her feet. I hadn't noticed her shoes, but Raphael had. And her shoes were falling apart and were scuffed and were a little too small for her. And Raphael had decided, let's stop and buy Angelica some shoes. See, I'd missed the point. And I was missing the picture of a brother who was seeing people seeing the real point and meeting needs. Would you stand with me? Let's pray. And this morning I challenge you to prioritize in your life meeting people's needs, physical, relational, spiritual, not not just in the church, but be willing to go outside the walls. Father, I thank you for Jesus' life and his plain, very simple message to us but to serve. Lord, help us as a church, as we talk a little bit more about it next week, figure out ways we can do that, that we can make that our mission, our goal, our ministry, to to leave this church, to leave these walls, and be your light in a dark place. In Jesus' name.